When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to the Gallant View English Premier League podcast. Um, my name is Jamie Royals. Um, I apologies for being a little bit late this week. Um, I found myself a little bit busy um, and we decided to not necessarily just do a full weekend roundup, but we'd probably try and amalgamate it with this upcoming fixture list. Um, and I've called some of the, the, the fixtures that we're looking forward to. As ever, um, I'm not here just myself. Um, I do have two others to help me out. Um, Graham, how's things? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, better late than never, I guess, this week. But yes, looking <laughs> forward to digesting the Premier League. Good man, thank you. Um, and Johnny, Johnny, how's things? I'm good, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, hi, Graham. Hi, Jamie. It's good to see you guys again. Good to be on. Everything's grand, mate. Good. Thank you very much. Um, so we've kind of put together a bit of an agenda. So what we'll do is we'll run through the agenda, just looking at some of the games, some of the highlights from last weekend's football um, and some of the highlights coming up in this weekend's football. Now, I don't know as much as you guys, but I was absolutely stoked when the football was back last week. Um, I think I pretty much cancelled three days worth of calendar just so I could sit and watch as much football as I possibly could. Um, and that kicks us off really with the Friday night game. We had the newly crowned uh, treble winners in Manchester City were away to the newly promoted uh, Vincent Company's uh, Burnley. Um, I thought it was a pretty decent game. Good one to start us off. Um, I think there's definitely some talking points. Um, Graham, I'll come to you first. It's always inevitable that Hallam was going to hit the floor running, wasn't it? Yes, inevitability, absolutely. Um Sky's blue, grass green, Haaland's going to score. Uh, look, and, like everyone, you cannot wait. It's obviously like getting football back is one thing. Um, Premier League starting, excellent. Uh, and takes Haaland the fourth minute to bag a goal. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, but he starts the game alone and I think he's in Premier League history, fewest touches um, with most goal goals. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and it's like something like 22 touches per goal or something compared to the next one that's like 38 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, 
Look, um, I, I think it was expected and good good start, good start for him. Although half time, you and I thought that with Pep, but um, it, was, uh, it was a good start. Yeah, Pep, Pep, Pep was not very too chuffed. Um, I thought at first it was because he was berating for taking his hair bubble out because, you know, he's, he's, he's lushing good looks that he kind of whipped out the Vidal Sassoon advert. But it quite become evident, very, evident very clear, quickly that Pep wasn't happy with Summer Harlan's attitude. Um, Johnny, it's hard to not talk about City and all their glory, but what can we actually say about Burnley? You know, were, were they okay? What did they live up to as much as what they could they have done anything better, or was it just simply um, welcome to the Premier League? Yeah, I think it's a bit of that, Jimmy. I think um, City looked comfortable. Um, I thought they were maybe a, a wee bit off the pace. Um, probably not as. No, they were clinical. Haaland was clinical, but you know they weren't creating as many direct chances as what they, you would expect them to usually, if they were playing a, a newly promoted team. Um, I thought Burnley did okay. Uh, they they closed down. They tried to press. They they had a couple of chances of their own. I, I think probably what outdone them was the opposite press for City because they forced a lot of mistakes. Um, and then. Haaland being Haaland, uh, I think that's that's some welcome to the uh, to the top flight, having uh, to try and contain them. Um, I think the thing at half time they were talking about it today that I don't know Pep had said something about it was because he wanted the ball over the top. Um, he was he was arguing because he wanted the ball over the top, and Pep was saying no, we weren't arguing. I was just telling him we don't do that. We yeah. play through. We don't go over the top. So that's really what it was about. Um, but yeah, I think Burnley will improve, mate. I think uh, that game, with no disrespect to them, was a bit of a given. Um, I do it's, easy think... to, it's easy to forget they went down to 10 men as well, didn't it? Like, yeah, so think... it's, the focus was so much on who scored. You know, Rodri, for example, is just, you know, hit the floor running in terms of an attacking presence. Um, but it's, it's easy to forget that they went down to 10 men. They kind of made it a bit more difficult for themselves. Yeah, I mean, Rodri got forward a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's something we're going to see with them, like what we've discussed on the last three pods, with them losing a wee bit of the potency from midfield. Um, and now they've lost KDB, which yeah. is a bit of a red flag, to be honest, because if they if they hadn't lost who they did, KDB goes out, you just slip Mares or Gundogan in, and you probably yeah. won't see a huge difference. Now they've got to fill that void. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's going to. I mean, this coming weekend, probably going to see players rested. Um, will we see the same city? That that's a question. Can they keep that momentum going yeah. as it is without missing such key players? Game. I think it's worthwhile just kind of just touching on that for a minute there, just to kind of stick with Man City losing. Kevin De Bruyne for for an estimated what they're saying is going to be looking like four months as a reoccurrence of his hamstring. Um, that that's a big body blow for them in the way they play, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, of course. I think it's a big body blow for any mm -hmm. football loving neutral as well that don't get to watch easily one of the best, consistently best players in the world for the last decade. Um, so yeah, it's a huge disappointment for everyone. I think um, I think it was clear when he was going off there was maybe a reoccurrence um, of past injury coming mm -hmm. back to soon, etc. Maybe and Pep was asked about that in the interview after the game. Um, and I guess he's he's just saying, you know, it could, I guess it could happen at any point. Whether you 
you start them or you bring them on in 60 minutes or you try and ease them back, it, it, it could always be a danger. So, yeah, it's, look, it's a massive loss, of course, um, and add to the fact, as, as Johnny said, uh, they've lost their captain this summer, mm-hmm. but um, they have bought well. Kovacic comes in. Obviously, look, it's Kevin De Bruyne, so it's not like... Yeah, I don't think Kovacic loss. is a, yeah. a replacement. No, he's not. Them, yeah. No, he's not, but... He's not a replacement, of course. So, so, so let me ask this question then. One's a replacement. Well, the question is, is that obviously they're making pushed attempts to, to bring in Paqueta from West Ham for apparently a fee of roughly about eighty-five million. I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna give it get caught now. He's no Kevin De Bruyne, but he's a decent enough player to kind of fill that void, isn't he? Like a creative, no a creative spark. I mean, no one's Kevin De Bruyne. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I I like Paqueta. I like his song. Um, as well that the West Ham fans have from I love a good I love a good uh, song for a player, you know. <laughs> Just so my car to Lucas back with I think that's brilliant. Um but yes anyway, songs aside, I really like him absolutely from a Rangers fan point of view when we when we played Leona uh, before mm-hmm. he actually moved to West Ham. You know, that's the first time in person I'd seen him close up and he definitely was a standout when we played Leon. Um so it does not surprise me that not only did they get him out to Premier League but now like Man City are looking at him. Uh, but look, eighty-five million for whether they would they have went for him if De Bruyne hadn't been injured. I don't know if that was still being bandied about. Um, but I mean, it's amazing being able to just go and get somebody for eighty-five million because mm. your best one of your best players is uh, injured. Yeah. I, th- I think I think the reasoning, the rationale behind why it's eighty-five is that apparently he's got a contract clause that kicks in next summer that it it's got to be at least eighty-five. So I think if West Ham are letting him go now, then. They kind of want that eighty-five that's already written into the into the contract, so it kind of makes sense. But I think the whole midfield, the market's flooded at the moment, didn't it? After the declaration, obviously we'll come on to the Casado deal. No, it is definitely. But I mean, there are there are a few players out there. Um, mm-hmm. that I think maybe even get, younger yeah. players yeah. You, you could get instead of eighty-five million for West Ham. I don't know. But anyway, he's good if they get him fair play. Cool. Um, I'll bring us on to the next game. The one was probably the shock of the round. Um, I think everybody, uh, you know, from a from a prediction point of view, would have said Newcastle and Aston Villa both team to score. It probably had draw written all over it. Um, so I was surprised to see that one pan out the way it did. Um, for those that don't know, um, Newcastle absolutely romped it, um, and they romped it to the tune of five one. Um, the the new boy Tenali, who I absolutely panned in my predictions kind of made a mockery out of my prediction after about four minutes. Eastside got a couple. We've got Callum Wilson and the, the new signing, Harvey Bonds. Got in on the act as well. Um, Johnny, what was your thoughts on that game? Hey, I was shocked. I was surprised. Um, I expected, like you, a score draw. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I predicted 2-2. I, f- I thought we'd get a lot more for Villa. Um the, they were a defensive shambles. Um, although Newcastle were good, Villa helped them a lot. Um, so many mistakes, and a lot of them leading up to goals. Um, they gifted most goals, actually, at some point in the build-up. Um, they persisted with a ridiculously high line. Uh, I don't know if you paid attention to it, but the line was crazy, and Konza kept dropping that wee bit deeper than this crazy mm-hmm. high line for the whole 90 minutes. So every time he's playing them on side, I think maybe three of their goals came for that kind of route. So I don't know why it wasn't rectified. It had to be spotted. Um, 
So yeah, that, that, that was definitely a strange one. Tonali was excellent. He, he bossed the midfield. Um, really, probably the perfect performance for mm-hmm. a debut as a for his position. Um, he broke everything up, stopped the play, and he linked up as well. We've seen him in the box numerous times. He could have had two or three on it if he had a you know a wee bit more luck on his side. Um, but yeah, I, I thought they were excellent. Um, and all, but as I say, Villa helped them. A dull injury to Mings as well. Yeah, I was going to call that out there. Yeah. Um, ridiculous amount of yellow cards in that game as well. I think it finished like four got four yellow cards each, which kind of you don't normally associate with a 5-1 game. Um, Graham, just on one Johnny just said there, obviously we could set and load it, um, load out well, Newcastle did. How big of a mess is Mings going to be for Aston Villa? Because it looks as though he's now out for a couple of months as well. Um, I was surprised, if I'm honest, I'm surprised they started with Mings and Constant. I thought they might have started with one of the new boys, Pau Torres, or the guy that's just come back, uh, Diego uh, Carlos. Yeah, of course, he's going to be a huge loss. Um, it was interesting, I think, watching match the day. I think it was, I think it might have been Shearer that said, you know, he, he wonders uh, if that if that actually affected Villa. They, they were they are playing a certain level up until Mings goes out. Seems like a bad I, injury. I think, they were, I think they were two one already, but by the time he went off, I think it was, was it was, was it two one. But yeah, two I, one I think I, I think either way though, if I mean Shearer's saying, you know, they they looked better, and maybe it was a bit of a shock seeing you know somebody like Mings going off a bigot. Look, I don't know. Obviously, I've not been a professional footballer, and I was a bit <laughs> surprised to hear that. I'll be honest. Um, but then if Alan Shearer's saying something like that, I guess maybe there might be some merit to it. Uh, but yes, like you, I was surprised you you bring in Torres, who's excellent, but he came on and he didn't mm-hmm. have a great game, to be fair, but obviously it's hard to come on, try to catch the pace of the game. You've not played in English Premier League, and maybe that is why he didn't start. I mean, yeah. and I mean, he knows his stuff, you know, and maybe it is a case of just kind of bringing him um, slowly into the team and getting them to know the pace of the game. And it's the same with Carlos. He, he couldn't have, I don't know how many games he played until he got that horrific injury, but was it, it was, not? It was, it was like pre season. It was like pre season. Like well, like I, I thought it might have managed a game. Um, but either way, you've then got two players mm-hmm. on the park as well. He eventually comes on. And, so, yeah, look, it's a big learning curve. And like Johnny says, no one expected a 5 1 win for Newcastle. However, you've got to believe that this weekend, Big one for Villa, I think. Just yeah. want to bounce back and, and just show you know what they're worth. And as I say, like not starting some of your some of these big signings. Other than Diaby, he started, but even Taylor yeah. has been the bench. I'm just like, hmm, I'd expect I'd expect this uh, some of these players to have started. So look, we'll see how they get on it uh, this weekend. But I would definitely expect them to bounce back. And game just in with you, we had uh, the new to the league, um, Luton Town. Um, they got a bit of a warm welcome from Brighton, didn't they? I think everyone expected that. Um, <laughs> that was the uh, banker, wasn't it? Made the last, the last man standing. I don't think you'll ever see more people with Brighton and last man standing competitions <laughs> up and down the country than you that saw this uh, this weekend. So, and I was one of them. Uh, absolutely no surprises, but. <laughs> I obviously look at I think it was a three o'clock game, yeah. yeah. So you you're just you know, you're at your own games, maybe seeing your own team or whether you're watching soccer Saturday. Either way, you see four one, you're like, okay, I expect that. But then you watch match of the day and you're like, 
of course, Should have been a bit twenty. Share, <laughs> um, but it was a lot tighter than you think it was. You know, it went mm-hmm. to one kind of latest penalty, but yes, in the end, uh, Brighton sort of the line and with a comfortable, unsurprising victory. But I think Luton take a bit of heart for that. I'll be honest, and it'll be interesting to see how they got on early doors. I, I've got to say, I really like Rob Edwards. I like the way he talks. I like the way he conducts himself. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think Luton are going to be quite fun to watch. Yes, are they going to get relegated? I would have thought every single person I'm going to say yes. Bank, they're going to be good value this season. Johnny, just on uh, Brighton, they, they, they're getting a lot of, they're getting this narrative brought about them at the moment because of some of the deals that they bring in. They're bringing in, you know, these um, South American youngsters. They're giving them an opportunity. They, they, they you know, the, they get a return out of them. Um, one that jumps to mind last season was the boy Enciso, um, young striker. Come on, managed to get a couple of goals. But they did the exact same again at the weekend. They brought on um, a new lad that nobody had ever heard of, um, a guy called Adingra. He's 20, 21 years old and scored in his debut. Um, not to mention the the boy they brought from Watford, Joe Pedro, um, who looks as good as he looks as though he's going to be the main number nine going forward. But They've just got this knack, haven't they? Yeah, mate, we've touched on it before. I've actually said I think they're one of the best run uh, teams in the league when mm. it comes to their business model. Um, they just seem to have it down. They, they've made so much revenue from buying these players, pretty obscure, really, on the cheap, spotting them um, and giving them that, that platform to play. And they just seem to all take it. There's very few that you know don't um, don't catch the eye. Uh, it looks like they're going to continue. I mean, they've just well, that's Cassiedo away, um, mm-hmm. and most people would say that's a huge chunk. But I honestly think it's not going to make the huge, but like a massive difference to them. I think they'll just yeah. replace. Um, it's my, it's you know, the, the, I was thinking about it earlier today. The crazy thing about it is we look at, for example. Perfect is Chelsea, who have just went and spotted 115 million to get Cassie Hedo, right? Which is listen, great player, but it's ridiculous. Crazy money. money, yeah, yeah. Um, a Rice, what was that? 105 million, 105. and all these crazy talent. And there's Brighton chucking a couple of million here, there, all over the continent, and yeah. raising these stars. I think a few of them could probably take some notes. I think I think the day after Casado was confirmed to Chelsea, there was a report that um, Brighton were turning around some of that money straight away into a young defensive midfielder that's 20 years old at Lille. I think it was going to cost something like nine million. I kind of like that. It means that they're not going out and splurging all that money. They're actually still can sticking, even though they've got all that money in the pocket. They're still going out and sticking to the same game plan. Um, I think but, you know, it, it kind of says, Jamie, it kind of says, look, we don't need to spend that money. Yeah. We probably have that. Well, we must have that money now. Well, yeah. um, but we don't need to do it. Why, why would we I need to change our blueprint? The way it's working is, is perfect. I seen a graph. I, I, I thought I'd saved it, a screenshot, but I can't find it. And it was um, Chelsea's dealings with Brighton in the last two years, including the Graham Potter transfer, and it was something like £330 million. And it's like absolutely mental, isn't it, Graham? Yeah, I'd love Rangers to get a wee partnership like that with Chelsea <laughs> if they can. That would, uh, that would be delightful. It, it is unbelievable. And look, um, yeah, look, I don't, I don't need to send more. I guess than mm-hmm. anyone else has said about how well they seem to survive these raids, bring in other players, and and get the best out of them. And you know, great result. 
expect to be a great result against Luton, despite again being pretty depleted, to be honest. So yeah. um it's really impressive. Yeah. Um We'll move on to another game. It was probably a tougher game than people anticipated. Um, it was the early kickoff on the Saturday. It was the it was the Arsenal game, um, and again, the reason why I bring Arsenal up is there was another serious injury in the middle of that game that's obviously sidelined one of their new signings, Julian Timber, for the what well, looks like the season. Johnny, um, what did you make of the Arsenal game? Um, they were obviously up against um, Nottingham Forest, and they and they ran out two one winners. In the first half, they were pretty convincing, 2-0. But then, kind of, I've seen, I was a bit early to say, but I've seen elements of, do you remember the games where they were where they drew two each against Liverpool and West Ham back-to-back? And was there kind of elements of that where they just kind of blew teams away and then sat on it and allowed teams to get back into it? Apologies, mate. I've got a wee bit scrambled going for the mute there. Um... It was a wee bit of a, I thought it was a wee bit underwhelming, um, Arsenal's performance. Although they did tick um, and created a hell of a lot of chances, uh, I thought Forrest should have got something for that game. Um, at the end, of the, I think they deserved mm-hmm. something. Uh, obviously, we know the talking point. He, what happened to Timber was, I mean, that's awful. We wouldn't wish that on any player. And it's a, another one of the players I was looking forward to seeing. To see how we got on. I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it looked like they might have changed the shape a wee bit when uh, before Timber went off. And obviously, we've seen Gabriel get benched. Uh, there was obviously a wee bit of rumours doing the rounds that, you know, there was something shifty or a fallout or something. I don't know. Probably, it's probably just nonsense anyway. Um, but yeah, they, I thought Arsenal, um, they've done enough. And got the job done. And yeah, they got away with one because how the referee never gave that penalty and how the VAR then never gave that penalty. That when, when that kind of thing happens, it makes me incredibly cute. Uh, this sorry, this, confused this one that football. was uh, bolted, Dean bolt a hand, his arms was up as at his chest. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, okay. The Actually, there could have been a penalty for both teams. Is that right? I think there was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm mixing my notes. Um, I think the standout anyway, sorry, would be Saka. Saka shined again. Uh, fantastic goal, finish. Goal really, really beautiful. One. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. And he's done that many times. The one thing I did note down about the game was, I don't know what you think or Graham thinks, but is it time for maybe Nketiah to raise his game a wee bit and start staking that place to actually you know, keep that starting place? I thought he looked really good and looked really sharp. No, I, I totally agree. I think there was an element last season where he was in the team and then all of a sudden he wasn't in the team and he kind of they, they kind of nursed him, to, you know, until Jesus got back. Graham, just want to call it, you know, we, we've got to give him a shout because he's not here. How happy are we here? Oh, no, Colin's not here to praise Alanga because uh, he obviously picked Alanga as a, as, a, as a pretty solid deal. And when he came on, um, him and uh, the, the goal scorer at Awanyi pretty much t- changed the, the, the tide, didn't they? And just turned it all into the Forest show. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, and I've, when we just come back to Ngeta there quickly, Ngeta is good, like Alanga. They're good players, they're solid players, but I just don't think they are 
good enough to be consistently good at that level and get is not a title winning team striker. He won't be consistent throughout the season, in my opinion. And Arsenal, I mean, Jesus, and okay, I know they've got Havertz in, but Havertz is not a number nine as well, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they really could do with strengthening that that centre forward. Alanga, yes, look, I think I asked as well. One game ain't going to change my opinion about <laughs> the ludicrous, uh, frankly, ludicrous amount of money that they spent. Forest, for me, how they are still... They, they can spend all the money in the world. They've got some decent players, some decent mm-hmm. young players. That's fine. But when you go into another Premier League st- uh, season with Joe Oro, Scott McKenna and Willie Wally as your back three, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't see how that is happening. I cannot believe that's happening. Um, is, that a Scot- is that a bit of Scottish snobbery there? Mate, I, I endured. <laughs> and I'm a Rangers fan. I endured Joe Oro when he was at my club. Scott McKenna... I mean, he was Aberdeen one I, I think it would be your most hardened Aberdeen fan that might defend them, but anyone that's <laughs> maybe watched them in Scotland, I think, would probably still use the word Diddy. Uh, <laughs> Willie Bolly, I don't know, I thought he was maybe a half decent stopgap, but I certainly didn't expect him to start. So I think Forrest, like, I, I just don't get, I think, for the money they've spent, how that's their backline, mm-hmm. um, that really still baffles me personally. But from a, just from another point of view, obviously I was going to Ibrox on Saturday. I was hoping to see a good chunk of the Arsenal game and really disappointed by the delay and obviously this e-ticket and stuff. And I know that's yeah. quite big in the Premier League. And I think Newcastle have rolled out as well. Just want to touch on that because um, I've, I've been told by, a, especially Newcastle side of it, that this e-ticket, if you look to transfer your ticket, five yep. times a season, it'll get flagged and your season yep. ticket can actually be put under review for the next season. So these e-ticket systems are interesting. Absolutely oh. crazy. Uh, and and obviously it caused that massive delay at Arsenal. So, yeah. so yeah, I've, got, I've got experience of it with Anfield because they have the e-ticket system in place as well. They used it last season. They didn't introduce it this season. They had it last season. Um, and when it works, it works absolutely fine because it literally is just scan and uh, your turnstile goes. Um, it what it does negate is the transferring of the tickets. So, for example, I think if somebody has a season ticket, um, if you wish to transfer it to somebody, you have to nominate that person before the first game of the season. So there's no there's no mid-season. Like, the, the long gone are the days that, you know, your next-door neighbour's dad's son, who's never been to the game before, you're unwell and you want to give him your ticket, it's completely gone. Yeah, so this is this is a point. Don't get me wrong, I mm-hmm. And keeping that out, we've got QR codes at Ibrox and all this, but this is now the clubs. You don't mm-hmm. have a physical, no one has a physical season ticket. I think there might be printed tickets for kids. But yes, as you say, so from, I think from a Newcastle fan point of view, you need to be an account holder, right? You yeah. need to hold an account with the club to be able to have a ticket transferred. You don't need to be a season ticket holder, but you need to sign up to an account. I don't believe it costs anything, but well, uh, it probably they, they should need because... to be. See, mm. see the tickets I get through the the tickets I get through the Glasgow Reds, not to diverse, but they ultimately assign a ticket to me. But in order for me to get that ticket and receive it, I've got to have a paid full membership with Liverpool. So that probably cost me the best part of about thirty five pound a year. So um, um, and it will be different for different clubs. I think like Rangers, we've got my jails and that's pay. Seems like not all clubs obviously have mm-hmm. this, but but yeah. So it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, yeah, it's deleted by half an hour, didn't it? 
I think it. I think it ended up just being maybe a touch more than that. But yeah, it was, maybe forty-five minutes was that originally meant to be a quarter past twelve. I can't remember. But anyway, so yes, I wanted to see more of that game as well. Sadly, I didn't because of all that. So I think, I think that's interesting, and obviously mm-hmm. that's a future and having your season ticket on your Apple or Google Wallet. It's uh, certainly an interesting uh, one for the future. Johnny, there was a. I'm going to call it a shock because. I'm going to, I'm no way did I anticipate them to play the way they did. Um, but the Monday night game seen Man United at home um, against Wolves. And, you know, the pod before, we did have a kind of a, an extended touch on Wolves and how they're struggling financially, getting a team together, getting some kind of consistency. Um, and they, they, they were the first team to actually pull the bullet and sack the manager um, and brought in the very trusty gig, Mr. Gary O'Neill, which was obviously a shock for a few people. I know Graham's giving me eyes there. <laughs> Um, but uh, they performed a lot better than what people expected, um, you know, on the Monday night. And, you know, we'll come to the Anana incident, but what was your take on Man United alone, Johnny? Underwhelming, mm-hmm. Jamie. Um, I expected, to be honest, for what I expected for the season for Wolves and what I thought we'd get for Man United, I thought they would run through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, never happened like that, did it? Uh when Wolves should have scored early, they should have had the first goal with Kuna. It was a really good chance. Uh, the the game itself, there wasn't a hell of a lot in it. And as I say, Wolves were way better than I expected and looked well up for it. So maybe we've called it wrong. I know it's only one game, but they've done well. Um, and we're probably unlucky not to come away with at least something, maybe a point. Yeah, uh, I think a point probably because it, it was a pretty a dead rubber game to be honest. It was it was it was a a point worthy, but it wasn't to be. Uh, and yeah, the the penalty, penalty incident is. I'm actually smiling when I'm saying it because it was that ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I actually watched it again today, and the only thing it was missing was the Benny Hill music. Mm-hmm. Game, you've obviously would have seen the replays of that. Um, no. Not only did the penalty not get given, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, Anana essentially jumps for a ball that's headed by the Wolves' striker and clatters into two of the Wolves' players without touching the ball and kind of wipes them out inside the penalty box. In my opinion, that's a free kick anywhere else on the pitch and should have been a penalty. Um, VAR have a look at it. The ref then starts to run over to the side of the pitch, what looks like he's about to view the VAR screen, but ends up booking Gary O'Neill instead for his protest at the fact that the ref didn't give the penalty. I know they're trying to stamp out dissent, but that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, you can't blame Gary O'Neill for his reaction. I think everyone else was found it absolutely bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, goalkeepers are protected enough as it is, which can be really frustrating uh, all the time, to be honest. It's really frustrating, but you do have to, surely refs as well just have to go, right, if that's in the middle of the park, am I giving that as a free kick? Yes, all day long. It's a penalty. There's no mm-hmm. way. I don't know whether in some instances, you know, things like that, if there's a sort of, oh, the, because he's a goalkeeper, um, things like this could happen and there's a bit of leniency. I don't know, but this specific one is insane. I mean, I don't know if you'll see robbery like that again for the rest of the season that clear cut and and look that's I'm a fan of VAR I like Mm -hmm. it I think 
I think it really needs polished. I don't think. I don't think VAR is the issue there. I think it's the people that are in charge of it. That's the thing. But, That's the difference but, in it. But sadly, they are the VAR, aren't they? Yeah. So that is the failing, and VAR's failed, and, and this is a problem. So look, it needs. Do you polish. think? Do you think it's more a failing of VAR, or do you think it's more of a failing of the ref? So for me, when I look at it, the ref's right there. The ref surely should make a decision. And then VAR should either back up his decision or challenge his decision. I would believe he doesn't make a decision on the basis that VAR is going to make it for him. That to me sounds a bit ski whiffed of what you would expect. Why else is the ref there essentially? I don't. I don't know about that. It's one of those things. I'd rather see the ref not blow the whistle because actually I've seen, I've seen the last week or two some instances where the ref blows the whistle and it's like. Mm-hmm. Why did they blow the whistle if they hadn't? What uh, was that game recently? Was it the um, was was it one of the Premier League games? It might have been the Premier League of the Championship. Oh, I cannot remember the game. Hopefully, I'll get into it and I'll be reminded. Well, the ref blows the whistle, and it was actually it was actually the goalkeeper clattered into his own defender. I think it was and, a championship. Was it the championship? I think it was a championship game, and it was one of the. And I think um, it was, he basically mistaken identity, and he, and he gives the decision the wrong way. But, but I don't think it was the championship. Oh God, I can't know. remember what it was. But there was maybe it was the Scottish Premier League. Honestly, for, for the life of me, my, my memory's gone right. But because the ref blows the whistle before the ball's in the net, they can't go to VAR. So in this instance, I, I mean, I don't mind a ref holding off from the whistle because VAR mm-hmm. has to catch something like that anyway. Um, I just think what I feel all round. Yeah, Johnny, and you know, not not that I'm, I, you know, um, advocating punishment here, but um, there was a report that the whole of the VAR team that night and the referee have actually been dropped for this round of fixtures coming up this weekend. Is that right? Is that do, do we think that's the way that's the way it should be, or? And what I mean by that is that I think about an hour after the game, John Moss was having a phone call with Gary O'Neill to apologise and admitted that that was a stick-on penalty. That's not great, is it? Listen, I, I get what Graham's saying. Where you know the referee has that option to mm-hmm. to not blow and and then let VAR step in, but I think there's a fine line when you do that because when you start relying on that, your actual Authority as a referee, you're basically just passing it over and letting somebody else take the responsibility for the decision. Now, in some cases, that's probably the right call, but at that one. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
I was more, I, I, well, I had this debate midweek with, with somebody else. And what I was trying to say was, look, I wasn't even looking at the VAR. I mean, that was bad enough. But if you see the referee's view, it's a decent view. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like Onana, it's not like it's a flash incident. Onana, he, he travelled for about a fortnight to get to that tackle. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had it was still late. <laughs> Uh, so how you don't see that and you mm-hmm. see him clatter him, there's nowhere it's nowhere near the ball. That was really, really clear. That should not go, it shouldn't have to go anywhere near that. Um but yeah, it just the whole thing stinks. I think there was something this morning, I think it was Mike Dean that was going over it and uh, he had said pretty much the same as what uh Motson had said. But yeah, do, do they do they send bin them for the week? I don't know. I mean listen, if you're a professional, which they are you should be able to look back on that and just pretty much say immediately, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we seriously dropped the ball there. Um, I don't know. I don't think you should need much training for that decision. <laughs> I, I suppose there's just no easy fix, is there? Because if you do drop a, re- a ref for a game, which to some might seem right, what else can you do? You can't find them. They're not on the wages that footballers are on and stuff like that. So it's like kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. But it just it doesn't have a great reflection on week one when you've already got refs apologising for decisions that haven't been made. No, not that I do think it will have an impact. But you know, a lot of people tip Bournemouth to be fighting on the bottom of the league. And a point away to Man United is a decent point to be getting if you can get it, and one that you don't bank on. So these points do stack up at the end of the season. Um, the the Super Sunday seen um, obviously two of the two of the teams that hadn't performed well last season going luck going and loggerheads, um, and at Stamford Bridge game we had Chelsea v Liverpool, um, and I'm going to call it it was a very much a game of two halves um, in terms of what I what I remember watching. Um, Liverpool come out of the traps flying and looked all but, you know, what we said, capable of probably scoring five goals, five goals a game. But I think from about 35 minutes onwards, it was probably the other element to it that what we called is that they can probably concede four goals a game. Um, what was your thoughts on the on the Chelsea-Liverpool game from your point? Pretty much what you've just said, I'll be honest. Um, definitely Liverpool, I guess, came out of the traps, looked mm-hmm. pretty good early on. Um, but yeah, again, our defensive frailties coming to it. I think I, th- I think during the game, Carragher had said, or, or after the game, Carragher had said, you know, Liverpool definitely still need, um, you know, obviously, obviously midfield, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think he'd said, look, an all-round defender, you know, and I, I can't disagree. Somebody that's solid, certainly at centre-back, um, that can maybe, you know, play play further wide uh, out the back. So... I completely agree, and, and again, near the end of the game, look, Liverpool have a lot of good youth, and I've said it will be good uh, for them to, you know, give youth a chance, and I, I like I like when a team does that, but because Liverpool haven't, in my opinion, brought in enough players yet to just balance the squad, I feel like when you're taking off Luis Diaz and Mo Salah, and you're bringing on Harvey Elliott and Ben Doak, both who have really talented boys, it's just that difference. And mm-hmm. I feel like Chelsea could have won it uh, kind of in the last few minutes, you know, and um how many chances Jackson had as well. So mm-hmm. um I feel like Liverpool personally I feel like Liverpool got away with a point. But yeah. they they need to improve, they need to strengthen. I think they still need two or three, you know, quality players and at least one 
that can go straight into that team, straight into the midfield. So um, they've got work to do. <laughs> and the window's actually rapidly coming to a close. Uh, as a spectacle, to be honest, I think it's pretty much what we all expected. It wasn't amazing. Um, Chelsea are fine enough you under Pochettino. They're buying everyone under the sun. Time to gel. Who knows how long he'll get. Um, bit of a mess over there still, in my opinion. And Liverpool need to improve because this, this is going to be the season where their fans are going to start asking questions about Klopp. They will. Johnny, um, was it just more of a surprise that the team teams actually scored, considering they probably went four games and two extra times without actually you know scoring against each other in the last two seasons? Um, you know, we had a goal from Luis Diaz, um, and we had a goal from who scored the Chelsea goal again? It was the the you sent a new left back, wasn't it, Disasi? Um, what, what what was your what was your what was your takeaways from the game? I thought it was okay, mate. Um, it was honestly, it's a, it pretty much panned exactly like I thought it would. Um, something we had discussed prior, uh, actually, in the last pod, that my concern for Liverpool was if they couldn't blow teams away fast, like in the first half hour, first 40 minutes, get that second goal, that they were going to struggle. Um, they would end up conceding. So there will be games where they'll just run riot, absolutely. But when they're coming against that wee bit extra quality, I think uh, they're going to find it difficult. And that's exactly what happened because yeah. they came out of the traps, they flew out of the traps, Sauer was on fire. Um, the goal was was excellent. It was lightning fast, um, really, really quick one-touch football. Um, tr- looked like they were going to get the second. I think Sauer certainly cracked the bar, didn't it? No, Sauer scored and then it was offside, sure. He was deemed yeah, offside. I'm sure somebody cracked the bar. Um, yeah, so somebody cracked the ball just before it, and then we went back up and scored again. But then yeah. the VAR ruled it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of, well, both teams obviously scored. The Chilwell scored as well, um, which was mm-hmm. the offside. And both were really, really close calls, but they were the right calls. Um, second half, Chelsea looked much more comfortable, started knocking the ball about. Probably created. I don't know if they created more chances, but probably more clear cut chances, um, and could have easily took the three points. Um, if you'd asked them before, I think they both, they both would have took a point. Yeah. Um, I think they're two teams that are trying to find their feet. But yeah, I think uh, Casiedo will make a difference in Chelsea in the middle of the park. Gallagher, I thought, had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Good on the ball. Eh, sorry, good off the ball, breaking the, the play up. He had some excellent eh, ball recovery. But on, yeah, but when he was moving with the ball and his dis- distribution was a wee bit disappointing. I think Casado has a wee, you know, a bit more. He's a wee bit more dynamic. Uh, I think it was but, telling yeah. that in the first off that McAllister was probably the better player of the first off, and Enzo Fernandez was probably player of the second off. Two two players playing the same role, just on opposite teams, and it was as you said that that midfield control really wasn't it. The moment Chelsea took over, Liverpool didn't get back into that game. Yeah, that I mean, I suppose from a Chelsea point of view, it's a wee bit more encouraging because last season, if that happened, they would have folded. Yeah. Um, and they, they did have a wee bit of fighting them to get back into the game. Jackson, yeah, spawned a few chances, but he's getting into the positions. So uh, hopefully that goes good for them. And DeSassi looked promising. So, yeah, not a bad game, I know. 
Cool. Um, obviously, we can't cover every single game. We want to do cover some of the news and some of the upcoming games in the next round. And it's good that we've got Graham on because Graham was adamant that the, the Premier League record would be um, a more worthy title to hold than a potential Bundesliga title. Um, that And with that, I mean, obviously, Harry Kane has decided to move um, and was dropped in to a super, sorry, a German Super Cup final. Um, you know, halfway through the game, which was a bit of a, a bit of a one-sided affair. What's your thoughts on the actual move itself, Graham? I will need to set my record straight here. I think what I said at the time was <laughs> I was not there to judge whether <laughs> what I said. I believe was he needs to choose whether at the end of his career, trophies is what or the the goal record. Um, now you've got somebody like Michael Owen who came out and what he said was the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. I mean, going to Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich are obviously huge. Like, they're, they're massive and to say it doesn't mean anything when they're winning this league a title, like, that is ludicrous in my opinion. But I guess that's his opinion. Kane chose to go. I, like, I wouldn't be surprised he goes there a couple of years, two or three years and finds his way back in the Premier League one day, mm-hmm. personally. As one of those things, he was, what, f- what 40, 47 goals off the record. Mm-hmm. He'd have done that. He'd have done that in 18 months, in my opinion. So, I think he could have done that in 18 months and then left, then gone to <laughs> win trophies. So, yeah. Um, of course, he got on in the Super Cup last half an hour. It was too late. But Danny almost you know, won it. And yeah, and then everyone's kind of smirking and smiling. Oh, he'll never win a trophy, and maybe he won't. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on over there. And certainly seeing him in ban the Champions League, etc. I'd expect him to light it up. In all honesty, but yeah, well, I look forward to. No, no, I was surprised at. I was surprised at the absolute fanfare they gave him. Like, you know, these are the German champions, and. I know they've spent a record fee, but the way they welcomed him, like every reporter I've listened to this week, I've talked about any time he come out on the pitch just to train, just to warm up, like the place just erupted. Um, the, the, the stadium was full. They're all wearing cane tops. Um, seems a bit surreal that they would have actually done that for, for the England captain. Um, but it's pleasantly surprised me. And I think, I think Kane will do really well over there. Johnny, because he's at the German League, I mean, you know, I know you watch a lot of football as much as I do. Um, Bayern Munich are live tomorrow night. Will you watch it? Uh, I might do. I might do. Uh, I do enjoy, though, the German game. Um, listen, I said before I thought he needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, for him, you know, um, I think he's left a huge dent in Spurs, but... He can come back, like Graham's just said. I think that's probably exactly what will happen. Season or two, and they'll sell him back to Spurs. They've got first option anyway. That was part of mm-hmm. the deal. So there's nothing to say that he can't come back and smash that record. Um, I think 40, he, is that 47 yeah, penalties. Uh, I, I think he has to do well in Germany. And yeah, yeah. Michael Owen's comments are so ignorant, it's terrifying. Um, it just reeks of elitism. Uh, and yeah, and it's, it's not it also. It's a dig at him now that he's made that move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like saying you've made that move, and I'm going to put a mockery on anything that you might win or might not. I think that was a really shitty thing to say. Uh, but yeah, I think he'll do well, mate, and I'll probably keep an eye on it. Yeah, 
I don't like when, you know, the sneering and players delighted, sorry, fans delighted to see other players fail them in the move. Uh, I don't really buy into that. So, yeah, good luck. So, to turn it back now, Johnny, then um, that obviously leaves a big gap for Tottenham. So, all eyes are on, on Ange Postacoglu. Does he get a free hit now, or, does he, or is it, or is it more about who he can bring in? Well, we can only go by what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his his comments, um, not a direct quote, but a loose quote, was uh, they knew, oh, sorry, we now made that that was going to happen. He mm-hmm. says, we've known about Kane going for months. Um, we've already been preparing, we were ready for it, which kind of raises questions to, well, fair enough, if you knew that, then why are you starting him over pre-season friendly? <laughs> yeah, why is he scoring four in his last pre-season game? Because you, yeah, that does ask questions, yeah, doesn't it? It, it? it doesn't. It, definitely, they weren't sure. Um, but yeah, he needs to get something, mate. Can Richarlison stick to a false nine for the entire season? I'm not convinced. Um has the ability, yeah, but I'm still I would still put question marks over the attitude. So I mean I'd assume Angel be hoping to get something, but then he's under a constraint. How long's left? What's the window left now? That's the end of the month, isn't it? So it must be about two and a half weeks. So if we go by what he said, then he should be prepared and have a target. But I'm not convinced that they were. So I don't know what they do. I still think they'll improve though, can or not. Graham, I'll come on to you next. Um, just to wind it back, I did predict that I think I thought a team would smash the transfer British transfer record again this 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 window. Um, I just didn't exist, anticipate Liverpool would be one of the teams that are trying to do it. Um, and I'm obviously talking about Casado, um, who's now confirmed as joining Chelsea in a record 115 million pounds uh, deal. Um, not necessarily the transfer, but more the way it played out seemed very, very comical. And for those that don't know, um, Casado has been talking to Chelsea for the best part of three months. Chelsea have had, I think, three rejected bids. They've not went any higher than £80 million, I think. Um, Liverpool come in out of the blue on the Thursday in the night, I think it was, um, and slapped an agreed £111 million British transfer record fee that was immediately accepted. Um that broke about 10 o'clock at night. By about 10 o'clock the next morning, the news started to slip out that Casado didn't want to move to Liverpool. He always wanted to move to Chelsea. Um, and then we had a bit of a stalemate, a bit of a standoff between all three parties, um, which ultimately led Chelsea coming back to the table and, you know, um, raising the stakes, shall we say. Um, what was your take on the whole transfer saga? Johnny, you need to stop laughing, right? Because it's still sore for me, right? But um, I'm trying to do this, you know, I'm trying to be, um, you know, down the line with this. Graham, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I think, like, transfers these days, you've got the the player, the personal agreements usually take place before the clubs reach a, um, come to agreement, especially if it's drawn out. So, uh, for example, you know, Kane was going because there's no way they had this long drawn out battle between Tottenham and Bayern for Kane to turn around and say, nah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. with Saicedo, there's no doubt the thoughts between him and Chelsea were going on for so long. And I think, I don't think it was a case of he turned down Liverpool because he didn't want to go to Liverpool. I think, uh, from what from what the in-the-know guys and journals were saying, is, 
in terms of being agreed, I think he wanted to give Chelsea a chance to match what Liverpool had done, and um, he, he probably felt like it was more um, and Chelsea, a man of his love to Chelsea. I, no, I think I, I honestly think he just felt I've got an agreement in place. I'll let Chelsea uh, come to the back to the table, and if they do match the bid, they'll go to Chelsea because mm-hmm. I've agreed and I've been in talks with them. If they don't, then I will go to Liverpool. I think that's what he was. I think that's how it panned out. And yeah. Chelsea obviously thought, "Nice, no, worth it. We're getting him." We'll go from so I think it, it it wasn't the slap in the face to Liverpool as we probably thought at first. Rather than he's a man, he's well, and he, he chose to uh, stick to agreement he had with Chelsea and they met the bid. So, yeah, probably a sore one for you to miss out. Mm. Obviously, I don't think anyone expects uh, Liverpool to make moves like that. And, and Klopp's quotes are six years ago has came back and bit him in the arse a wee oh. bit. And he, he got, I, he I got, feel a bit sorry yeah. from the I do because. The market, the land, the land has changed. You know, I think, I think going back to then, you know, um, the talk was that um, they were talking about the Neymar deal or the Mbappe deal, which was like two hundred and nine million at the time. And you know, yeah. Well, listen, I don't feel sorry for him because he doesn't feel sorry for himself. I think he just said, "Look, oh, you can quote me. I say that, but that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. He's right." <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he Liverpool. They need to move on to the next one, and as I as I said earlier, they need to strengthen. Well, Johnny, that that was probably where the slap in the face comes in because they did try to move on to the next one, and uh, he decided he wanted to go to Chelsea as well. Uh, and we're obviously talking about Romeo Lavia that um, Liverpool theoretically had an bid accepted for nearly sixty million, um, but he probably felt a bit disillusioned with the whole Casado deal, and has decided to go play second fiddle to Casado. Um, which means he's now ended up at Chelsea. Oh, mate, that gave me a chuckle. I would apologise, but see, just to give you a wee bit of clarity um, for the listeners and for Graham, that I woke up at 4 or 5 in the morning to messages for Jamie. He pelters, giddy as a schoolboy, because Cassiedo had ignored Chelsea, had bumped him and was coming to Liverpool. He absolutely ruined me. And then within about three hours, he went for as high as he could go the roof to the bottom of a snake's belly button. It was <laughs> it was a magical day. And the lap bear one, that was just an extra kick in the teeth. They, that one didn't really end. I thought it was overkill, the lap bear one. I said that to you at the time. Um, I didn't think they needed them. Uh, I thought they had cover. Cassiedo was a good move. Um, delighted to get a hold of him. Stupidly high fee, but Delighted to get him. Um, so I don't know why they need Lavia. Uh, I don't know what's happened. It almost felt like a bit of shithousery for both of them mm-hmm. uh, on both counts. Although, I mean, I mean Brighton have played a blinder because they've stuck an extra fifteen million on the fee, <laughs> and Southampton have got extra as well. I forget what Lavia was sixty or something. Sixty, sixty-three. So, I think it turned it to be. Well, an extra 13 million. So they're the ones that have benefited. Um, but yeah, it puts Liverpool kind of moving down the chain a wee bit. And I, yeah. I, I just hope that they don't end up going a bit scattergun and a wee bit desperate. Um, <clears throat> I think it's hard not to be desperate at this point. And, I'm, and I, mean, I essentially mean that because what I mean is because of the Declan Rice deal, defensive midfield is now a premium at this moment in time. You know, your Declan Rice's, your Casados, um, you know, the, the Romeo Lavias, they're all, in our opinions, overpriced. 
Um, but everybody's quoting each other. You know, if Declan Rice is 100 million, then Casado is 110 million, and it's kind of knocking on effect. It's quite mm-hmm. evident that we need these defensive midfielders. Um, so we're not, by the looks of it, going to have it, not going to get anybody from the UK. So it looks as if we are going to have to go abroad. Um, we have a lad that's having a medical, or he's past his medical right now. I say a lad, he's a 30 year old player coming in from Stuttgart. Um, Wataru, Wataru Endo. Um, a Japanese player. Um, I'm honest, I don't know much about him, but from what the journals are saying from Germany, is he's 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 an absolute workhorse. Um, I think the fee to be believed around about seventeen million pounds. Um, so it could be an astute bit of business. But I think if that was going to be a bit of a stupid business, we would have brought him in maybe four or five weeks ago. So I do believe we are probably in we need to start adding a bit of squad depth right now. Um, there was talks yesterday that we might be looking at Sof and Amrabat, and apparently that's been panned today. So I think we're trying to go back to Bayern Munich for potentially Ryan Grabenbach, um, who again is another young lad um, with potential. Um, I think it's it's going to be a bit of scattergun, unfortunately. Wasn't wasn't um, Endo's dad? I think he was a good player as well. Uh, Nint. I'm not sure. No, I'm not Nint. sure. Don't. Nintendo. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, dear me, God! Oh, Mate, he's, you're you're simbin, you're simbin for next week. Let's move on, please. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they need Jonathan. something, mate, and they yeah. don't need squad depth. They build, they do need squad depth, but they need a player. They need somebody in the middle of the park who's going to be playing the majority of games. Um, yeah. The fee has gone crazy for central defense. Sorry defensive midfielders but if you look at every top team who's won honors they all have a quality defensive mid so it is integral so the price is just going to keep going but yeah yeah cool um right so we've got about five minutes left guys um what i wanted to do is um, we introduced this season um the, the gallant few fancy football league um and uh, happy to say that you know that the amount of entries is probably because of anything that we thought we would actually get and we're up about 900 true entries within the league um without me trying to go through the league to find you what was your weekly totals uh johnny what was your tally setting up for the week I finished game week one on uh, 83. Say again, sorry, 83? Yeah, not a bad opener, mate. Um, above average, so it was, it was I think, like top 5%, something like yep. that. Five. So I can only be happy with that, mate. Good. Um, my personally was 74 points. Um, so again, not too bad. Didn't I've seen a lot of people um, were probably make those rookie mistakes where they whack the triple chip at the very beginning of the season. Um, um, but uh, they, they, those ones are either, either they either come to fruition or the absolute nip in the bud. Graham, how did you get on with your one? Not as good as you both, obviously. So. <clears throat> When I looked at my position in the Gallant View um, league, league, I found myself in a position that was uh, lower than how many players I, I thought were in the league. So <laughs> <laughs> I started with 59 points, unfortunately. Okay. However, however mm-hmm. I have hopes. I've, I've got hopes and dreams of um, going forward 
for this week with transfers and I've got a plan. I've, I've definitely okay. got a plan that I'm hoping I'll be able to build on and, and start, start flying up that league in Fair the enough. weeks to come. If you were to recommend a transfer or one that you have done this week, is, would, would you kindly share that or you want to keep it secret? No, no. Look, I've, I'm going... I'm going fullbacks now. I think there's some good value uh, due to Reese James injury. I think there's good value in Gusto from Chelsea mm-hmm. last week. He's, he's four million. I think whether he goes in or he's a bench player, I think he's good value. Um, he played preseason, didn't he? Yeah, but obviously he came on. He came on at the weekend against Liverpool. He is heavily experienced um, in League One in France as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I guess. You know, I didn't fully appreciate. Um, so he's not inexperienced despite his age. So I think he could be good value for four million. Uh, Emerson Royale, I think, is for me. Um, I'm going to focus more on my defence and obviously uh, fullbacks. I think Emerson Royale, someday I'm going to put in and maybe take somebody like Ben White out. I think that was a, an error on my part, and I'm going to. I'm going to stick with him for the next few weeks and, and see what's what. Maybe change about my goalie. Yeah, there'll be there'll be changes. There'll be changes. Okay, okay. don't be taking too many hits. <laughs> Johnny, what about yourself, mate? I think I'll be rolling my transfer, mate. I'd like to have two next week. If I had, <laughs> if I wasn't short, I probably would have done uh, Gabriel to Saliba. Um mm-hmm. I would have made that move last week before we started, but unfortunately my phone died when I was out and about. So that was the that was the one that we were talking about, and I said you definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> just one of the things. So yeah, I never got a chance until the time I got back. We're past the deadline, but I mean it wasn't awful. Um, the only the only concern this week is was there something that he's going to sell without Gabriel? But I've got mm-hmm. decent cover, so uh, I'm not going to panic transfer me. I'm quite happy going forward as I am. Um, yeah. If I was making a move this week, I would probably bring in. Um, oh, I just had a mind blank. Diaby for Villa. That would be my Villa. transfer. Yeah. So um, that's what I've done. Is I've dropped. Um, I actually, I've actually, I've pulled the gun a little quick. But if you look at the next set of fixtures. I've actually taken Rashford out of my team and brought in Diaby because I think Villa's fixtures are more favourable than what Man United's are. And the way Man United played the other day, mm, that was that's that's a lot of money. Uh, I think it was nine million for for Rashford. So I'm I'm, I'm I've made the one transfer and I've sat with like about three million in my bank ready for next week. Um, so that was the that was the transfer I'd done. Um, that with that in mind, I did actually do a bit of fishing and I found some stats. Um, which 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 can be pretty funny. Um, throughout the whole of the fancy football league, 183,796 managers transferred in James after he was notified as being injured for the next two months. So, yeah, some people don't get to see the news. We've got 433,000 managers have transferred in Isak, who faces City this week. It's a bit of a gamble. You've got 222,000 managers have transferred out Gabriel, who is likely to start in Julian Timber's absence. You've got 122,000 managers have transferred out Rashford ahead of game week two against Spurs. Uh, 
and you've got 157,000 managers who have transferred out Ollie Watkins, whose next two games are Everton and Burnley. That surprises me. <laughs> that that's was the a, one that stood it. I've got big Ollie Watkins in my team up from Mr. Haaland, but I wouldn't be taking Watkins out anytime yeah. soon. Look, I think obviously Haaland and Isaac is the pairing you want, but I mean, having £27 million pound up for kind of the points <laughs> of the team, but it might be worth it, I guess. I don't know. The one, the one I did like was uh, 47,469 managers transferred out Salah, who's at home against Bournemouth this week. Now, for anybody who remembers, Bournemouth, Liverpool beat Bournemouth 9-0 last season, and Salah didn't get a single goal. He assisted, I think, three of them, though. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, that's yeah, a bit I risky. I don't think i be taking Salah out, but, you know, because I've had, a relatively, I've had a relatively poor start, I have taken a point set already in substitutions. Need to mix up a wee bit, need to make some changes. So, yeah, fingers crossed it works, but I'm sure there'll be tears from me next week when it probably doesn't. <laughs> Um, we do have we do have three managers that hit above a hundred points uh, for the first week of the season. Um, we've got a Benjamin Leifson, Leifson, I think it is, who hit a hundred points. So well done him. We've got Tyfo Aglaharish who hit one hundred and three, and then we've got Dom Richards who got one hundred and six points. Now mainly that's because they use their bench boost or they get the triple captain with some really good good returns. So the points are definitely there to be getting even on the first game week. Um, so well done to those guys but what we'll do is we'll do a check in every week just to call out who's in the top three or four um, and then at the end of the month we'll have a little um, a little award for the for the manager of the month so all round, great start to the Fantasy Football League great start to the Premier League season um, this weekend we've got some, some juicy fixtures coming up this weekend for those that don't know we've got Friday we've got Nottingham Forest at home to Sheffield United um, there's no 12 o'clock kickoff on the Saturday, but there is an 8 o'clock kickoff in Man City and Newcastle. But before that, you've got half five of Spurs and Manu, and then the usual three o'clock games. And the Super Sunday is Villa, Everton, West Ham, Chelsea, in that order. And then you've got the Monday night football, which is Arsenal away to Crystal Palace. So um, anything that stands out to you this weekend that you think might happen? Anything that you would say is a bit risky? For me, I fancy Newcastle to take something away from City. John, what would you say first? Uh, that's the game I'm probably looking forward to, mate. The City Newcastle one. Um, I yeah. remember the, we played early last season. I think that was the was that they three three. Did they beat or did, I, I can't remember if they beat them or if they actually drew. But they took points, two points away, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, you're right. They actually beat them three 0 But we we're talking about this before because yeah. um, it was kind of a statement, you know, that they were. Uh, they were going to be, uh, they were there to be taken seriously. Um, yeah. So we'll see how they got on this week, and they've had a good start. Uh, City got the result as well, so I think it should be a, a decent game. Um, and Liverpool as well. Uh, I think I would like to see how they got on. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, they should blow Bournemouth away, but. It never usually works like that, does it? It's never that simple. Well, as I said, we won nine 0 last season. I've I've managed to magic myself a ticket for this weekend, so I'm going to be there. So it's got to probably finish nil <laughs> nil, just to jinx it. Graham, what about yourself? Any game stands out to you that you're looking forward to? 
Yeah, as I was t- talking to you before we started recording, of course, um, I'm sure I won't be the only listener or you guys in the last man standing. And it's a difficult weekend if you're in last man standing. Let me tell you, I think <laughs> for me, we've said maybe realistically Villa, Liverpool, maybe Forest are the clear ones. I'm really tempted to go Tottenham. I really am. I thought man, you were really poor. Um, new manager for Tottenham. Decent point away at Brentford. First Not many game. people might be looking at them. I say mm-hmm. this, they'll get beat. Man, you'll turn up. <laughs> Rashford will score a hat trick and everything, yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess if I was going for maybe an unlikely result, if you can call that result unlikely, then maybe Tottenham this weekend. Cool. Graham, as ever, it's been brilliant to have you on. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. And uh, Johnny, same as you. Uh, always good for a chat, mate. Thank you again for attending. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, enjoyed the night as always. Good man. Um, we will leave it there then, guys. Um, we'll put together another podcast after this week's round. So we're probably looking at maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, we'll get another one out, just obviously talking about the the roundup of the week. But apart from that, have another have a great weekend. See you later. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.